0: Well, praise God, praise God, praise God. One more shout of praise for him. Amen. We have had a beautiful time of, of worship, a uh, time of uh, even fellowshipping and and uh, praying for one another and uh, comforting one another. Uh, and this is why our um, service has a little, gone a little long during our time of uh, praise and worship, but I want to welcome those that are watching online at this very moment. Um, uh, you missed out on a wonderful time of worship and, uh, but we're glad to see you here. And we're so glad to have every single one of you here this morning. There's even as we are continuing with the service, there's even more ministry going on in the back. So you all be, uh, be cognizant of that. And, uh, you know, as we, as we just bring the word, uh, we just know that God is, is doing something has already begun to do something today. Amen. And and he does that. God, God is so amazing. You know, when you welcome the Holy spirit in your midst and when we welcome the Holy spirit in our service, uh, he always has his way. Amen. And there were certain needs that needed to be brought up this morning. Uh, And maybe you are sitting out there and you're thinking, I have a need too. Well, guess what? God's meeting you at your need as well. And and God is ministering right now to uh, someone in the back that pastor's praying for together with our ministerial team as well. So we praise God for that. And God is in the business of ministering to his people, of comforting his people. Amen? And and like I said a minute ago, where would we be if it were not for him? We would be a mess. We would be lost. We would be just hanging somewhere in I don't know where, in the dumps. But when we have him, yes, we go through the emotions. Yes, we go through the pain because we're not exempt. Jesus said it himself in the world, you will have tribulation, you will have trouble, but he came to overcome, did he not? And it is through him that we can carry that burden because a lot of times it is a burden and it is painful. And you may be sitting out here today or you may be listening out there today and you may be... Not having a moment in in your life and your journey right now that that you're okay, and and things are not happening, but there will be a time where you're going to need the strengths of someone else to pray for you and comfort you. And you're going to need to cry out to Abba Father for him to bring you peace. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you, you are lost. So I pray that before this service is over, you will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because it is through him alone that we can carry those burdens and he will see us through. Oh, it's painful. Oh, it hurts. And we don't like it and we question it. Truth be told, we question why God, why? But he is with us through it all. He is with us through the valley. He is with us through the mountaintop. He is with us through it all. Can you say amen to that and thank Him for that? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we are certainly super glad to be with you this morning. Uh, Pastor and I are, are super glad to be uh, here at church. With all of you, and just getting the opportunity to hug you, maskless. Some of us, amen. Some, that's okay. You could still have your mask. I'm not poo pooing on you. That's quite all right. Uh, there were certain places, actually, when we were in Spain just uh, last week, that we had to be with our masks, but it is what it is for now. I'm declaring in Jesus' name that it won't be forever. Amen. <laughs> but it's so good to, to be able to hug you today. We are on our third installment of our series entitled What's your reason? Have you enjoyed it so far? Man, we had Pastor Ricky uh, kick it off at the beginning of the month. We had Minister Yanni bring a really beautiful and on-time message last uh, Sunday. Were you all here for that? If you missed it, you all get to our YouTube channel and watch it because it was a great message and pastors as well. But we're going to get right to it this morning. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesos, um, chapter number three. I just started speaking in Spanish, and I almost kind of like continued on in Spanish. I would have done Spanglish, trust me. Some English words would have escaped. But Ephesians chapter number three, this is the basis of our series this entitled uh, this entire month, and uh, that's why we entitled it, What's Your Reason? We're going to go through that this morning. If you're there in Ephesians chapter number three, beginning in verse number one, shout out to me, please. All right. I think you all ate part of your Wheaties, maybe not all. If you're there, say amen. amen. Thank you. All right. It says here, I'm reading out of the ESV version, actually, and it says, for this reason, everybody repeat that after me, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. Verse four, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. Verse 6 says, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. The gift of God's grace, which has been given me by the working of his power. Verse 8. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. I want us to continue in chapter three, verse 14. And it says, for this reason, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, ladies, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Do those scripture verses give you goosebumps? I'm telling you, there is so much in those verses, and and today what I want to do is I want to try my very best to unpack what God has given to me to give to you, and it is only through the Holy Spirit. I wish I had hours with you that I can unpack each and every one of those verses but we won't go through that today but today's message title is the uncomprehensible gift the incom the incomprehensible that is one long word the incomprehensible gift let's pray for a moment father time and time again we have prayed in during this service but now i ask you O lord that every word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. I pray for every single listener. Every single person at the sound of my voice today, may they not hear me, may they hear you. Open up their eyes, their hearts, and their minds and bring them understanding and revelation. Illuminate their hearts and their spirit this morning, O God, that we may understand this incomprehensible gift that you give us. It is in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, amen. 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 Paul refers to the mystery. You notice in those verses that we uh, read, he talks about the mystery and grace several times throughout Scripture. I was really tempted to uh, call this message at the beginning of my reading it. I was almost uh, going to call it, what's the mystery? And I was going to tag that into Spanish and say, ¿Cuál es mi <laughs> but the Lord took me in another direction. And so it is the incomprehensible gift, but we see that throughout scripture, how Paul writes about the mystery and he writes here too, in these scripture verses that we read, he talks about grace so many times, not just here in Ephesians, but throughout many of his letters. Um, if we actually go back to chapter number two in Ephesians, we're going to do that in just a second, we see a, um, we see a trajectory that Paul is taking the reader through to make it clear, very clear, that the Gentiles have been saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. If you all remember when Paul was on his high horse, Heading to uh, Damascus, on the road to Damascus, he was getting ready to persecute more Christians, right? He had that letter in his hand and he was getting ready to to persecute more Christians. And what happens? Jesus knocks him off his high horse. Remember that? But Jesus specifically tells him in order that he is going to uh, be used for the Gentiles. He says that first. He says that first. As a matter of fact, Paul, being a Jew himself, he begins to go and try to preach to the Jews once he obviously, you know, gets get saved. He goes to preach to the Jews and he realizes, oh, you know what? I, I was actually supposed to go to the Gentiles first. <laughs> and that's exactly what ended up happening. So Paul here is explaining this to the to the Gentiles. He is explaining this mystery, this mystery, This being saved by grace. Now, it's not a result of works so that no one will boast. Amen. So let's track backtrack to chapter number two. So as you're there still in the book of Ephesians, go to chapter two and let's begin in verse one. And it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Who all knows who that is? That's the enemy, right? Following the prince of the power of the air. I have news for you. When we don't have a relationship with Jesus, right? When we don't have a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ like we were before, right? Before we came to a saving grace, right? How we were before, we were actually following the prince of the power of the air. And we didn't even know it. That's exactly what we were doing, and that's exactly what individuals who don't have a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ are doing, and they don't even know it, don't even know it. As a matter of fact, I would dare say that when we were on this trip to Europe, Pastor and I, together with our, our pastors who went who went with us, or we went with them, they invited us to go, we realized how much lack of the presence of God was there. It was by far one of the most incredible things I've experienced. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of um, the three main different religions that you see in Israel, for example. But God isn't there. It was pretty amazing to see. And we, we prayed, we prayed for, for that part of the world. Going back to chapter two, verses one through 10, and you were dead in the trespasses of your uh, trespasses and sins. Verse two, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. You see that? In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Do you see how specific Paul is? Then it says in verse four, "But God." Look at the person next to you and say, "But God." Look at the person behind you and say, "But God." Look at the person in front of you. If you have a person in front of you, if the rows in the front don't have a person in front of you. Just say, but God, but God, I love this. Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Again, by grace, you have been saved. Hallelujah Of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we might, we should walk in them. The emphasis on grace is undeniable. This mystery that he speaks of among several mysteries or revelations that were revealed to Paul was that the Gentiles would be fellow heirs and of, and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, the gospel of grace, you see. Now, if you think there's hatred in our time, how many of you know, don't, you know, read the news, see the things that are happening in our world today? There's there's a lot of hatred. Yes? A lot of hatred. You should really look back at history and, and see that during the time of Christ, there were there was bitter hatred amongst the Jews and the Gentiles. Bitter hatred. Gentiles were looked upon as dogs by Jews and the Gentiles loathed the Jews. It was this mutual understanding, if you will, of hatred towards one another. But you see now through this revelation that is given to Paul this mystery, God was going to do something absolutely miraculous, absolutely uh, spectacular, that they, they didn't even realize what was coming. And that was that he was going to take the Jews and the Gentiles, and he was going to form them into one body, united as one. And it would be called the church. I'm going to bring to your remembrance when we had our series on grafted in. Do you all remember that? I don't know if it was last year. I think it may have been the year before. I can't recall. Time goes by so fast sometimes that you think it was just yesterday. Uh, But if you remember, I showed you several pictures of how uh, in agricultural uh, grafting, when when that takes place, how the upper part, uh, the scion of one plant grows on the root system, the root stock of another, uh, and, and it becomes one. Do you remember that? That was, that was a very deep, thank you, Jen. I just didn't even bother to ask you to pull it up because I knew you would. Thank you. And that becomes one. One. This is what Paul is talking about. The New King James Version, New Spirit-Filled Life Bible is quoted as saying that Paul reaches on his mission, reflects, excuse me, on his mission to help believing Jews and Gentiles accept each other as partners in God's covenant of salvation. You see that? This mystery was especially foreign to the Old testament jewish mindset it was it was a foreign concept uh, not being understood by either jew or gentile until jesus came because again they hated each other they were two separate entities this oneness was a foreign subject it wasn't fully understood until the gospel of grace was introduced we do, however, see that throughout the ages the oneness intended by God was later polluted, right, and contaminated contaminated by people full of hatred who may have called themselves Christians, but they never really knew the heart of the Father. Who knows history? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Sadly, there has been so much history of persecution, of torture, and of death. I can tell you that when we were in Spain recently, there was a uh, tour we took to one of the most beautiful uh, sites that we went to visit. It was in Córdoba. I don't know if you have, has anybody ever been to Spain? No? In Córdoba. Marta was beautiful. And uh, as the tour guide began to give the history of Cordoba, of that section, at least of Spain, um, I was really enlightened because I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't have time before going to Spain to check out history or or sites or whatever. I kind of like to do that. I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to that, but I didn't do it. I was more like, it was really a spontaneous trip. It wasn't even planned until the last minute. Um, Sometimes those are the best, right? (laughs) but um when she was explaining some of the history there there's a lot of um uh there's a lot of Catholicism in, in the history there of of Spain there's a lot of uh, Muslim and a uh, Jew uh history there and uh, as a matter of fact there were uh, there were many Jews many prominent Jews Maomanides, as a matter of fact brother Tyler you probably will will know who that is but a very prominent Jew who, who was a th- uh, a a theologian, and anyway, it was really neat to see. They had a monument of him there, but uh, there were many prominent Jews in the area. They were doctors, they were lawyers, they were people of wealth, you know. And and there were um, different um, neighborhoods that were depicted as these. This is a neighborhood of the Jews, and on the streets, it's pretty cool to see. Right on the streets, they had uh, engraved you know, um, uh, a Jewish symbol. And so as you walk down the streets, a lot of times you would see those Jewish symbols. And it was, it was known that that was a Jewish community. Well, because of the hatred of man, right. What ended up happening is that they wanted the Jews out and they kicked the Jews out. I want to say the year was 1492, something like that, when the whole Christopher Columbus thing occurred. They expelled the Jews from Spain. Uh, Christopher Columbus took them on. And then they that diaspora, did I pronounce that correctly? D- Dios- diaspora. Uh, I always want to say that word wrong. Um, and that all of this happened. So as 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 all of this history was being brought up, I mean, I realized one of the things that, almost like was a a seal for me that I realized why I have this connection with Israel and with the Jews. I, I, uh, have known in the past that there are Sephardic Jews that came out of Spain and obviously migrated to other parts of the world. Well, Q- Cuba is one of them. And that's why a lot of us have Spaniards in our background. And we do have Jew Jewish blood in our background. And so anyway, I say all that to say that that, that hatred on in the name of Christianity, in the name of doing God's work, there was a lot of torture that took place. The Inquisition and what have you. You can look up history uh, with regards to all of that. But I, I say that to help us understand that that was never God's intention. God's intention uh, that, that he reveals to Paul is that we are to become one body under the banner, under the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Are you with me? Amen, amen. So, what about grace? What about grace? If we're honest, I think oftentimes we take God's grace lightly. Amen when we need to really understand it with an attitude of respect and humble gratitude. There were some lyrics a moment ago in one of the songs that we sang, I can't remember which one it was, and it it had to do with exactly what I just said about not taking God's grace for granted. Yesterday, when we were at the Seventh-day Adventist Church, as Pastor mentioned earlier, we surprised Pastor Glenn, and he was there visiting, uh, giving a word, and as he was as he was sharing the word with the congregation, we stayed for the service. It, it was it was nice to see him, and it was really neat to see the way that they run their service. Seventh Day are very different than us, but it was it was nice nice to see nonetheless. And he spoke about grace, and as he's standing there talking about grace and talking about the gospel and everything, I'm, I'm looking, I, I like in my mind, I'm saying to the Lord, "You're funny, Lord. Lord, you're funny." And when he came down afterwards that he said, you know, uh, that we were talking and stuff, we, I said, Pastor Glenn, you're not going to believe this. Guess what I'm preaching about tomorrow? I'm preaching about grace. And he's like, God is good. God is good. So for some reason, God wants to call this to our attention. I believe that with all my heart. The dictionary describes grace as the unmerited favor of God, as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. God's grace isn't a new concept that began in the New Testament. It didn't begin in the New Testament. No, it actually began from the very beginning in the book of Genesis. Again, I'm going to quote from the New King James Version, New Spirit-filled life Bible. That's a mouthful. It describes grace in this way. Grace describes the undeserved kindness by which salvation is given. But it is also the power word describing the Holy Spirit's operational means. Grace is a force as well as a favor. Grace is a force as well as a favor. A verb as well as a noun. I love that quote. John 1.16 says, for from, his fullness we, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And then I want to quote to you from the Vines Expository Bible. And it says, grace means that God does the saving. We are not saving ourselves. Salvation is God's gift to us. Therefore, a person can do nothing to earn it. Gifts are given on the basis of love, not obligation. Did you get that? Gifts are given on the basis of love, not obligation. How many of you have given gifts out of obligation? Let's be honest. I know I have. Oh, gee, man, they gave us something last year for Christmas. We ought to give them something this year. Hello? Am I the only one? Oh, man, it's their birthday. They gave me something. It's out of obligation. It's not out of love. But you see, God doesn't work that way. God gifts us out of love. Out of love. It continues on and it says, not only do gifts reveal God's love, but they also reveal his mercy. When we receive a gift from God, we are receiving what we don't deserve. Mercy is broader than all humanity and deeper than all sin. Man, I'm going to say that again. Mercy is broader than all humanity and deeper than all sin. Our God is rich in mercy. Gifts imply mercy. Gifts imply grace. And with grace comes forgiveness and new life. The beauty of God's grace is fully captured in Paul's transition, but God. Besides, what could a dead man do to earn God's favor? Even when we were dead, God made us alive in Christ. Paul explicitly affirmed this marvelous truth again. He made us alive. God, thank you for that. We who were dead have been raised to walk in new life. How? Only by grace through faith can this resurrection take place. I hope you're understanding this a little deeper today about God's grace. Let me tell you what grace is not. Grace is not a license to continue to sin. Thank you for the two, three amens. Grace is not a license to continue to sin. We've said that many times here before. As you all know, there has been for many years now a movement called Hyper Grace, and that just means that you come to the Lord Jesus, you give your life to him. It all sounds great. It all sounds fine and dandy. But then they say that, you know, I mean, really, God's going to forgive you regardless right of all the sins that you commit. So it's almost like you're given free reign to continue to sin. And that is not so be careful, be careful. What you listen to be careful of some of the teachings that you listen to listen to Romans 6 13 it says do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness that's Romans 6 13. In case you didn't know, like I said a minute ago, before we knew Christ, we were dead. Dead man walking. That's what we were. We were dead. When we gave our lives to Jesus, we became alive through his grace, through his incomprehensible gift. Grace is an incomprehensible gift. We cannot begin to even wrap our minds around this precious gift that has been graciously given by our Creator. We can't even begin to describe it. Yes, we'll read definitions about it, but we can't even begin to scratch the surface. Grace is God pursuing after his creation time and time again, even when we turn our back to him even when we turn our back to him. Romans 5.20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Amen? Now, here's, here's a mini class on this verse so we can try to at least absorb a, a little more of the richness of, of its meaning. And I'm gonna quote here from the words of Rick Renner. He says here, I want you to, I want you to open up your hearts a moment here. Read, let me read this to you because when I when I read this and I, as I was going through these notes and I was prayerfully uh asking the Lord to just open up our hearts, man, these words just three D on my page. Three D on my page. He says here, the words much more abound are actually a transition of the Greek word hooper Pericio, Hooper Pericio. okay? Which is a compound of the words hooper, H-U-P-E-R, for those of you that want to write that down, and Pericio, P-E-R-I-S-S-E-O, hooper and Pericio. The first part of this compound is the word hooper, which means hooper over it means above and beyond it depicts something that is way beyond measure way way beyond have you ever tried to measure something and it's way beyond measure yeah, forget it i'm not going to measure That is just way beyond measure something way beyond measure it carries the idea of superiority something that is utmost paramount look at these words foremost First rate, first class, and top-notch, greater, higher, and better than, superior to, preeminent. This is just in the word Hooper. Watch. Preeminent, dominant, and incomparable, more than a match for, unsurpassed, unequaled, and unrivaled by any person or thing. That's just that word, Hooper. That's just the one part, the first part of this word. Now, you know why I like to quote Rick Renner so much? I study a lot from him, right? I'm a nerd that way. Sorry, guys. But it brings to light the word of God, does it not? So in just that H-U-P-E-R word, that first compound of this word, this is what it means. The second part of this compound is the word parisio which depicts something that abounds in an extraordinary measure or something so profuse that it can be likened to a river that is overflowing and flooding beyond its banks. Isn't that amazing? Are you getting a picture? It is so full that it simply cannot be contained in one single location. Thus, When these two words are compounded to form the word "hooper paricio," it dramatically portrays grace as a force that is measureless and which can never be exhausted. So this verse could be understood to me to mean where sin existed in abundance, grace far, exceeded it so you see it's so easy for us to read the word of god and just oh yeah that's so nice let's talk about grace oh the grace of god god's grace but man when you really get into seeing what what this phrase grace did much more about well what does that mean now you know Hooper parisio grace did much More abound. That is the God that we serve. Isn't that beautiful? Grace, God's grace is indescribable, it's incomprehensible, it is far higher than our own imagination we can't begin to comprehend such thinking such act such force and i like how that description of grace uh, over time and time again as i began to study it that it is a force to me it brings to light the grace of god it is a force it is a force wow wow to to think to think that the pure, holy, almighty God, the creator of it all, reached down to a dead, stenched world and, and graced us with his presence in order to offer us a chance to be with him in order for us to have oneness within with him is really beyond comprehension. It really is. Do we deserve it? No. But it's given nonetheless. Aren't you thankful for that? Can we be thankful for that every single day of our lives? God's grace? God graces us and when we don't deserve it God graces us when we turn our back on him God graces us when we when we do things or say things or think things that are not pleasing to him God graces us anyway that is incomprehensible ladies and gentlemen incomprehensible it is truly limitless this is the incomprehensible gift of grace. Now here's fair warning. Don't take God's grace for granted. Don't do it. Don't do it. God graced us for this chance for us to visit Spain. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would visit Spain. Sure, I've said, oh wow, it's nice. I wanna visit Spain one day, but it wasn't really in a bucket list. God gave us grace to be able to do so. I thank God for that. God gave us grace to protect us. God gave us grace and favor with many people that we encountered in the middle of a of a very stressful situation, getting out of Spain to get, come back in to the United States, trying to get all the documents that are now required. My goodness, that's a long story. I won't bore you with it, but God gave us grace. He gave me grace because I was stressed about it. Truly. But God graced us. God graced us. And how about us extending grace to others? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's so cool to talk about God giving us grace, right? It's so neat to say, oh, yeah, God, I thank you for your grace. God, you pulled me through that one. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your favor, God. Oh, thank you. Hallelujah. Do the happy grace dance. Yeah? Nice. Nice. But what about us extending grace to others? That's sometimes when we hold back and we go, oh, (laughs) it thinks that I'm going to give them grace. Yeah. Do you know what they did to me? (laughs) You know what he said? You know what she said? You know what they did? You know what they, and we forget that we ought to extend grace to others as well thank you for those five amens in the house. When someone hurts you, when someone uses you, or you just don't see eye to eye with a person that happens, right? Can we offer grace the same way that it's offered to us time and time again? Does God say, uh-uh, I ain't going to give you grace in that time. No, he's rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. Amen? We must give what we receive. I could stand on that point for a good 30 minutes we must give what we receive if God gives us grace if God shows us grace time and time again we ought to be that same conduit and give grace and show grace upon others because then you know what if not people will point the finger and say dice que cristiana look at her look at him isn't it true nothing but the truth So help me, God. (laughs) It's the truth. But we got to be that conduit. We have to be that conduit that continues to give out what God gives to us. God gives us forgiveness. Well, we ought to forgive others, shouldn't we? No matter what they did. No matter what they said. No matter what occurred in the situation. We ought to give grace, forgiveness, love towards others as well is what we give is what we get, so we gotta give it as well. Let me tell you one of my personal stories of God's grace as I bring this to a close this morning. My father was not a religious man. Uh, My father grew up in El Campo, in Cuba. Uh, It it doesn't, uh, it, it never appeared that my father was, you know, given the gospel. Uh, as a young man. And as he grew older, he married my mom young. My mother was about 17 when she married my father. He was five years older than her. My mom was uh, raised in the Catholic church. And so this is how we, you know, became, this is how we got to know the Lord is through my mom and through uh, uh, her taking us to church. But my father really wasn't a religious man. When I gave my heart to Jesus 36 years ago, 36 years ago it's going to be this resurrection Sunday 36 years Pastor and I gave our lives to the Lord Jesus 36 years ago at the same time we got married in February and just a few months later at Bethel Assembly of God right over here in East Hialeah we gave our lives to Jesus on a resurrection Sunday I I began to try to witness to my father and uh, you know my father had a lot of questions. My father was the type of person he had a heart of gold. He would, I've mentioned about my father many a times. He had a heart of gold. He would, he he would honestly get in front of a car just to save anybody a cat, a dog, (laughs) a child, a person that he didn't even know. That's that was my father. He had a heart of gold. My father would cry when he uh, watched the um, commercials of children in for example, India, Ethiopia, and they were dying of hunger. And he would cry, and he would tell me, how how can this happen with a God, the God that, that you talk about? How can God let this happen? And don't misunderstand me. He wasn't accusatory at all. He just had questions that he didn't know how to answer. And so I witnessed to him my... My sister, my brother as well, we witnessed to my father many times. I had the opportunity to lead my father to the Lord twice, twice. Uh, I say twice because, you know, sometimes you got to do it twice. <laughs> sometimes you got to do it more than once, you know. But uh, it's a long story. I won't bore you with the details, but twice. Now, he may not have shown the fruit that you would think a person would would show fruit when you present the gospel and they do open their hearts and they do say the sinner's prayer. He, it didn't appear to be that way. Uh, between one thing and the other, my, my father was diagnosed with, um, OCD. I don't know if many of you are aware of that, but that's obsessive compulsive disorder. And, uh, he was under medication for many years. Um, after that, um, he developed cancer and, uh, and my father ended up uh, being with the Lord, but passing away. But I say this story because before my father passed away, and mind you, for years, we continued to pray for him. My father had a dream and this dream was so impactful to him that he got up in the middle of the night and wrote my mom a letter and he wrote out the whole dream. Later, after my father passed, my mom found the letter, and she read it to me one day, and the Lord gave me, by his grace, the revelation of that dream. He had a dream with Jesus. Shortly after that dream, my mother came into the room one day. Mind you, my father had cancer. He did not know he had cancer. My father, my mother opened up the door of the room one day and she finds my father sobbing, kneeling by the bed. And she was afraid. She thought something happened to him and she said, What's wrong? And he was sobbing and he says, I'm just talking to God. I'm just talking to God. So you see, God's grace. When my father passed, I had no doubt in my mind that he was before the presence of God. Not a one. Not a one. Because he heard our prayers. And God gave him grace. And that's one of the reasons why I always tell people, never be quick to judge about someone's salvation. Never be quick to judge someone's salvation. You do not know the last few moments of the life of that person. You do not know if that person cried out to God. You do not know what conversation, regardless of the condition that patient in the hospital even might be in. Maybe that patient is unconscious. Do you know that the last thing that they say that you lose is your hearing? You do not know what that person might be dealing with, with God at that moment. Don't be quick to judge that. That's a freebie for you, amen. 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 Glory. That's one of the biggest thing that God has given grace to me and my family about. That's a doozy. That's a doozy. So, in the eloquent words of Paul, it is for this reason I bow my knees to the Father. I will exalt the Lord forever, for he heard my prayers regarding my father, and now I know that he's in eternity with my heavenly father. I bow my knee before the father who has shown me his loving grace in more ways that I can count in my 56 years of life. I bow my knees before the Father because he has richly revealed to us the mystery of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone. I give God praise for his grace to me and on me to save this sinner from destruction. Anybody? Anybody? It is for this reason I bow my knees. Before the father, I give God glory and honor for giving me a platform to be able to share of his goodness, of his mercy, of his gift, of his grace with others who have ears to hear and hearts of understanding to understand for this reason. What about you? What is your reason? What is your reason? Will you stand with me this morning? So my prayer for you, for this congregation, for this, this sheep that God has instructed has instructed us, has, has gifted us to shepherd, my prayer for you is like Paul in Ephesians 3 who says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you, raise your hand and receive that, that he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted, being grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the height, what is the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God now to him who is able hallelujah who is able hallelujah who is able hallelujah to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us to him be the glory to him be the glory to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever and forever and forever amen and amen lift up your hands all over this place father Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you grace us. Oh God, thank you for salvation. Oh, where would we be? Who would we be? What would we look like if it not be for your grace? Oh, thank you. Thank you Abba that you loved us so much. That you gifted us with this incomprehensible gift of grace. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. We fail you time and time again. We fail you, God. But you are gracious. You are merciful, not merciless, like we sometimes are. You're merciful. You're good. You're awesome. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask you if you are here this morning, if you are watching online this morning and you do not know God, you don't have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. I'm going to ask you for you to understand this grace that has been given. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, today is the day of salvation today, not tomorrow, not three minutes from now not five minutes from now. It's now. Now is the time. Now is the time for you to get right with God. And if that's you and you say, Pastor Yvette, that's me. I want to get right with God. I want to experience that grace upon grace. Would you lift up your hand? I would love to pray for you. Anyone in this place? Anyone that is listening online, if that's you, repeat this prayer after me and just say, Father God, forgive me of my sins. They are many. I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life. Be my master, be my savior, be my redeemer, and be my king. I invite you. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe with my heart come into my life show me how to live righteously before you Holy Spirit show me the things of God that I may walk in him all the days of my life in Jesus name Amen And amen if you said that prayer for the first time you have now entered into the family of God praise the name of the Lord and he's got a hold of you and he will never let you go he'll pursue you so you pursue him you pursue him hallelujah let me pray for you father you see these here this morning and those that are watching
1: you know their hearts
0: As a matter of fact, you know their hearts better than they know it themselves. You know their thoughts, you know their actions, you know everything about them, you know, every cell in their bodies, you know, every hair in their head and on their bodies, you've counted them. Lord, you've even, you've even created a bottle with the tears that they have shed some more than others. Oh God, you are glorious.
1: And I ask you,
0: Father, that you would reveal yourself to each and every one of them in such a profound way. Lord, that they will understand your grace upon their lives. That they would walk in your ways every day, Lord, every day. And they would be quick, 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 quick to repent whenever there is something that they have done or said that is not pleasing to you. Quick, quick to repent, Lord. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in our lives. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you Shalom, his peace in Jesus mighty and precious name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. What? Uh-huh.